and welcome to another edition of Top Rope Report, where tonight we discuss Monday Night Raw, NXT, and WrestleMania. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Facebook Live and Spotify and Google Podcast. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. Joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster, Greg. Greg, how you doing? I'm all right. How about you? Okay. Um, unfortunately, tonight, though, we're going to be starting off the show with a little bit of bad news. Um, the world of professional wrestling lost two stars uh, in the last couple of days with the passing of the legendary Ole Anderson. And today we just found out that Virgil has passed away at the age of 61. Yeah. Um, most, of you, most of you people who know wrestling know Virgil as the bodyguard Mike, of the million Mike, hold on. You're, you're, li- you're, you're a little too close. Can you back up a little bit? <clears throat> and then okay. now, yeah, now all I see is from your lips up. So your positioning is a little... Now I see your nosing up. Better. Well, now I see your eyebrows and down. <laughs> now I see even less of you. Right there. You just passed it. Nope. Right there? Right there? Yeah, yeah I guess. Okay. So right now we're going to honor the memory of those two wrestlers that have just passed with a 10-bell salute. Yeah, I I never really knew much about Oli. I mean, that was I mean, the beginning of the Four Horsemen was really before um, I started. And even when I did, it was WWF. Four Horsemen didn't really, you know, um, it, it probably was mid eighties when I started following wrestling. Um, so I didn't really know much about the Four Horsemen, but Virgil, I mean. Watched him with the Million Dollar Man, and then you know he became a singles performer, um, and and he was he was quite jacked. He really was. Um, yeah, he was. I mean, he never really got uh, a lot of recognition in the WWE only because he was the Million Dollar Man's bodyguard. Most people would say stooge, but uh, his claim to fame was he did defeat the Million Dollar Man for the yes. Million Dollar Title. Yep. At yep. one time in his career, so and, our and, thoughts and prayers go out to and, and Mike my, Jones, aka Virgil. My my most recent, well, I guess the last memory that I had of him, kind of, sort of, um, was how they there was a picture and, and video of him selling his merchandise on top of Vince McMahon's star on Hollywood Boulevard. So I, when I went to L.A. in uh, October to visit my son, we went to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I, I, that was one thing I wanted to see, A, 
Vince McMahon star and see if Virgil was there. But that day he wasn't there. Um, I haven't seen... I mean, I haven't seen what happened for either as to what caused him to pass away. I don't know what illness or, I mean, obviously there had to be something with Virgil passing away at 61. Um, Ole Anderson, I think they said it was 81, 82. So that could simply just be, you know, quote unquote, old age. Um, But I haven't seen, have you seen anything in reference to a cause of death for either one of them? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, Ole Anderson was the originator of the Four Horsemen. So, we're, uh, our, our thoughts go out to both families this evening. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, let's get going. Let's get started with our Monday Night Raw recap. Okay. Um, okay, news let it go away. And... Monday Night Raw, I mean, me and Trib had been talking. Um, we had talked um, actually earlier in the day on Monday, and we both kind of had our opinions as to what we thought or how we thought Monday Night Raw was going to open, and we were both technically wrong. Um, as it started out with Rhea Ripley coming out with her um, main man or her, her Latino heat, Dominic Mysterio. Trev, what'd you think? I, I mean, when she came out, I really thought the promo was starting out really good. I mean, Rhea is, I think Rhea's good on the mic. A lot of times she gets right to the point, whatever she's talking about. Um, with Dom there, you know, he's, he's just getting to be, you know, obnoxious lately. But the fans still don't let him talk, which I think is great. But, uh, but then Becky Lynch came out, and that's when things started to heat up because Becky Lynch was throwing a few uh, a few shots in at Dominic, and, you know, Rhea was like, well, you know, don't you be talking to my Latino heat like that. And, you know, they are just talking about their match at WrestleMania and how Becky is going to beat Rhea and Rhea is going to beat Becky and all this other stuff. And then out comes Nia Jax. And she just brought Becky from behind and gave her a couple of those big leg drops and dragged her over to the corner. And I don't know what they call that move, but it hurts like hell, I'm sure. The Annihilator. The what? The Annihilator. The Annihilator, okay. And then she just left Becky laying in the middle of the ring. And I I thought the promo was actually good. I mean, Becky is good on the mic. Naya really didn't say anything. She just went in there and just took care of Becky, and then Naya, then Rhea just took off. So I thought it was pretty good. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean Rhea Ripley coming out for the first time in a while with Dominic by her side. Um, I I know I'd seen joking joking uh, humoristic posts um, on social media saying well. Maybe Buddy gave Rhea a call and said, hey, listen, or gave Dominic a call and said, hey, listen, stay away from Mommy or I'm going to show up and kick your ass one of these days. Um, But all of a sudden, you know, boom. I mean, she blew him a kiss as she came in the ropes after he held him for her. 
so you know referring to her to him um although he's got much longer hair than her so maybe it could be her eventually who knows um her latino heat and you know and then you knew once Rhea was gonna Rhea was coming out that becky was going to come out it was inevitable there was wasn't a surprise becky came down um and then Nia Jax, as you said, came out and and attacked Becky from behind, and that kind of lessened it for me because I, I don't obviously we're getting Rhea and Becky. I don't need a triple threat with Rhea, Becky, and Nia Jax because you know what that means. Either Rhea or Becky, whoever's going to win, will pin Nia Jax. That way, both Rhea and Becky still look big because neither one of them lost. So I have to, just for that seed being planted, I have to knock it down a little bit of a notch. Um, I thought it was a B promo, but just because of what in the back of my mind is being teased... And we'll get into more teasing later on in the show. I have to give the whole thing overall B minus. Okay. Now, Greg, you know, a lot of times when they have the champion involved in a triple threat match, do you think it would be a little bit more interesting if the champion actually lost the title in the triple threat match, getting pinned, as opposed to somebody else getting pinned and not the champion? I'm sorry. What was that question again? You kind of lost me halfway through. Like, sometimes when they have a triple threat match with the champion and then two other challengers. Right. I can't can't remember the last time I saw a champion get pinned in a triple threat match. It's usually the other person that will get pinned, which will cause the champion to lose his title. Okay. Do you think it will be more... Do you think the triple threat matches would be a lot better if when they they do it? Because they do have quite a few of them. And if they do have one and that happens, do you think it would be a lot more interesting to watch if uh, Champion lost his title by pinball? Yeah, because that would be something that wouldn't be expected. You know, like I said, if we see a triple threat match between Rhea, Becky, and Nia, and a lot of times that's what we think. That's what we think is because they're putting a random third person in there that's because they don't want the other two competitors, neither one of them taking a loss, but one of the two of them still winning. So yeah, it protects the you know the two bigger stars. And yeah, I think if you know in this case, would it be a better matchup if Rhea took the loss? Yes. Okay. All right. After that, we then went to the singles matchup of Sami Zayn taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. I lead us off for this one. Um, you know, Sammy, where'd you go, Mike? You disappeared. I'm right here. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Sami Zayn has been on this little quote-unquote losing streak. Um, and so we then had a, another matchup. Mike, what are you doing? I have to 
send you a message. Hang on. In the middle of the show? This is important. Just tell me what it is then. I am going to have a bathroom problem, and I need to use the bathroom right now. All right, then we'll pause the show, end the live, and we'll come back. Okay. All right, so we then had the Sami Zayn-Shinsuke Nakamura match. Um, I get to lead off with this one. Um, and, you know, Sami Zayn's kind of been on, I'm not going to say a downward spiral, but a, but a losing streak. Um, doesn't know where he's going to fit in at WrestleMania. Um, he's got this feud that he had with Drew McIntyre, and now he's got a little thing going on with Nakamura. So he really needed a win here. And lucky enough for him, he got it. Um, I mean, Nakamura put Sami Zayn through a beating. He really did. Um, inside the ring, outside the ring, on the ropes. <laughs> I mean, everything. And then a couple huluba kicks, and Sami Zayn pulled it out. Um, you know, they, they interviewed him afterwards quickly um, backstage. And, I mean, he looked beaten up. He, he you know... And so he, he really needed this win. Um, don't know exactly the route that they're going to be putting him on towards WrestleMania. Um, I had suggested, them, I think it was our last show or in a depth of the conversation with you, that maybe they can build Sami Zayn up to be that contender at WrestleMania for Gunther and take the title up of Gunther. Um, and how huge that would be for Sami Zayn and, and what type of crowd reaction we would get from that. Um, this is a very good competitive match. I'm going to give it a solid B from head to toe. All right. Yes, I definitely agree. I enjoyed this, this match. It was a big win for Sami. Both guys were just like going at it tooth and nail. Was I surprised? Was I glad Sami got the win? Yeah. Was I surprised he got the pinfall win? Yeah. Um, does this kind of, you know, like you said, does this put him in line for possibly a match against Gunther? Or is it a possibility him, Seth, and Drew at WrestleMania? No. No. Okay. But I, I enjoyed the so. match. I thought it was real good. Front, front to back, back to forth. Bottom top, I thought it was good. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um. After that, we then went to a singles matchup between Raquel Rodriguez and Chelsea Green. Trib, what do you think? Eh, I really didn't really didn't like this match all that much. It really, it didn't seem to me, I don't know, I didn't really know the time, but it didn't seem like, it didn't seem to me like it was a long match. Um, I, I, the right person got to win. Raquel, she's, she was still looking kind of strong, still looking good in her matches, you know, just coming out the elimination chamber. But I, I think this match could have been a little bit better. I gave it a C. Whoops. Okay, I don't know how I got to that on here. Hold on one moment. I was going to give you the time of the match, and okay, it's going to take too long to get there. Um, 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know she took some time off. She's got this disease that she's now dealing with. But she, she didn't look good to me. She didn't. Um, she doesn't look as strong as she... And I, I follow her on social media. So I, I'm used to watching um, workout videos and, and this and that. Um, and, I mean, she's definitely... she Personally, I don't think she looks in wrestling shape. I really don't. I, I know it's important for WWE to to get more women back on the roster and, and it's WrestleMania season, so you want to do everything you can to be back on the roster for WrestleMania. But I personally think she should have gotten herself in a little bit better shape. Um, you know, there are reports that she had a reaction to her disease at Elimination Chamber where that had anything to do with the, you know, 20 plus hour flight there and back. Don't know. Um, but she was, she got over on the, one of the biggest heels um, or annoying little gnats in the women's division in Chelsea green. Um, so that's good. But I mean, even, I mean, it's a hot bomb looked okay. It just, she doesn't look right to me. Um, so, like I said, I don't know if she came back too soon. Chelsea's definitely selling moves better than she was before. So, she's developing. So, if anything, I can take that as a positive. But there really wasn't much to this match that I liked. Um, uh, I'll be generous and give it a C-. minus. Hey, Michael Canada. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Backstage is when Sami Zayn had his little interview where he was then approached by Imperium, and then Gunther just looked at him and laughed. So I don't know if that's, you know, teasing a little thing, but that led us to the uh, in-ring promo by Gunther. Um, I get to lead us off with this. And um, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, started out with, you know, Gunther wondering, you know, who's his next opponent going to be? Um, he said, nobody is perfect, but I am very, very close um, he's typically not one, hold on, sorry, I just got schmegma on my phone, there we go, that, you know, doesn't really compliment himself too much, <laughs> yeah, right, um, he was then talking about who his next opponents were gonna be, I mean, he mentioned Chad Gable, Sami Zayn, and they said it gets worse, I even see people requesting our truth to a loud pop from the from the uh, audience. Um, then Judgment Day came out. 
to me, very, very surprisingly, Judgment Day came out. Um, and, and as they kind of, you know, the four of them kind of faced off, it was Damian Priest right in front of Gunther. But then the most hated man in all of professional wrestling, the biggest heel, Dominic Mysterio, took the mic. And once again, the crowd booed and you could barely hear him. Um, you know, and it was, you know, it, it was a good promo. It, it didn't do too much, but it didn't do too little. So now we really look at Gunther and who's Gunther going to be facing at WrestleMania? Could it be a Jey Uso, Chad Gable, who went into Adam Pierce's locker room later in the show wanting a shot at Gunther? Could it be Sami Zayn? Could it be Damian Priest um, cashing in on Gunther? Could it be Dominic Mysterio getting a chance? So, once again, I like this. We're not giving, you know, straight lines in the sand. It's all kind of wiggly and wavely. Um, good, solid promo. I like the segment. I gave it a B. Okay. Yeah, I was I was really surprised when Judgment Day came out. I was even more surprised when Damian Priest got in his face. And I was sitting there watching it going, wow, I really think I can get behind a Damian Priest-Gunther match, whether it's at WrestleMania or not, and whether it's passion or not, I think that would be a tremendous match. Um, would, would I like to see it at WrestleMania? Sure, why not? I think it would be, I think it would be great. Um, it'd be a hell of a fight, I'll tell you that. But, um, yeah, I just love the crowd that gets so loud when Dominic starts talking. It's just, it's just getting funnier every time. But I really enjoyed this promo. It was top, I thought it was top-notch on both ends. I give it a B plus. Okay. Um, after a little in-ring segment there, um, Imperium stayed out as it was then the street fight tag team matchup of Imperium versus the New Day. Trib, you lead us off with this one. I really enjoyed this match. I liked it a lot. Uh, I mean, these guys have got serious history between the two of them. Um, I mean, we saw kendo sticks, we saw tables, there were chairs in the ring. Um, this, this really opened my eyes to how tough Imperium really is, because I really thought this was a really, really good match. They just both, they both just were going at each other tooth and nail. And unfortunately, though, uh, New Day did come out on the short end, and I... I love the match. I thought it was really good. I wouldn't mind seeing a match between the, these two teams again. This was my only A of the night. I gave this match an A. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you on anything you just said. Um, this was an excellent match. It, it it also I mean, we're used to the new day being, you know, silly, you know, in the middle of the match. New day rocks. New they rock. I mean, and kind of being jovial, joking around. There was no joking around in this at all. They went at it tooth and nail with Imperium. I mean, that elbow drop that I think it was Xavier Woods 
did on Giovanna Vinci through the table from the top rope outside. I mean, I even cringed a little bit because I felt that here. This was, that was the show was in San Jose. We're in Connecticut, and I was like, oh, yeah, my ribs hurt after that. Um, and this was just a really good, hard-hitting match. I was a little surprised that Imperium did get the win. Um, I thought New Day would have gotten the win, but hey, I don't know where this leads, what this leads to. It Usually a match like this kind of ends like a quick little rivalry feud, but eh, I, I like you said, I would take more of this all day, all night. Um, I didn't. I liked it almost as much as you. I actually gave this an A minus. All right, Drew. Thanks for tuning in. Greg, was it me or did those tables just shatter? Yeah. Yep. I mean, either it's cheaper wood or they're cut in certain places, but they just shattered. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. Yep. Hey, Billy Dudley's watching. Thanks for tuning in, Billy. All right. After this, we then went to a women's tag team matchup as it was Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae fresh off their loss in Australia against Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. They had cut a little promo um, questioning why Indy Hartwell and Zoe Stark got a title shot just because we're in Australia. Um, I get to go first with this, and I'm so excited to talk about this match. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else, what the, I mean. It was just that it wasn't it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good either. It was barely okay. There was no question that Shanna Baszler. And Zoe Stark weren't were gonna lose. They, there was no way they were going to lose. They were going to win. It was just a matter of who they were gonna pin, what they were gonna do. Um, Candice LeRae, I don't know. There's times she's in the ring, and it's like I look at her, and it's like, why is this woman even wrestling? And then there's nights like Monday where it's like, oh, th that's why. Cause, Cause, she's so hit or miss. Um, Indy Hartwell's just horrible. She, she's not good. She's not a wrestler. Um, she's somebody that kind of had an athletic prowess. That only reason, in my opinion, she came to the main roster and got to where she was because who she was associated with, with the family, the way Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae. Um, and then Sexy Dexy, and, and at one point Austin Theory. But she, she's just not good in the ring. Um, and it really took a lot on this match. At the end, they teased a little bit of discontent between Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, which, hey, let's go ahead and break another women's tag team apart. What the fuck are you doing, WWE? Um, we don't have enough women's tag teams as it is. We don't need a rip in this one to break this one up, too. Um, eh, like I said, it was barely, barely good. I gave it a C-. Okay, yeah, I definitely agree with everything. I mean, 
than she has in her previous matches. But like you said, Indy Hartwell is just bad. And uh, I think Shayna and Zoe are possibly on their way to maybe tag team gold for the women. I really think this is a good, powerful team. And I mean, sure, granted they fought two people that, you know, they could beat them anytime they wanted it twice on Sunday, but still, I mean, it made, made it look strong, but I gave it a C. The only thing is, is I just don't see the crowd liking or disliking them enough to be anything other than just a decent tag team. That's why I don't see them going, getting gold because you got to be liked or disliked and they're really neither. Because you don't know if they're heels, you don't know if they're face. Um, after that, there was a little segment backstage. Our truth was sitting alone in the Judgment Day's clubhouse, reminiscing about the old days. And then DIX <laughs> came in with the Miz, um, as our truth called them, Regeneration X, um, teasing some type of you know, um, collaboration to get even with the Judgment Day. So we'll have to see where that goes. Um, There's old school TV there. Yeah, no wires. Is it wireless? No. And then he walks away with it. Um, After that, we then had Drew McIntyre come out to the ring. Um, And you take it away from here. All right. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this promo. I mean, you know, Drew Kamal was talking about WrestleMania, made a reference to CM Punk, sat in the ring like CM Punk does. Um, I thought that I thought that was pretty good. Then Seth came out, and Seth and Drew are just golden on the mic when the two of them are in the ring together, and which makes me want to see this match at WrestleMania more and more every time I see the two. And I just. I enjoyed the promo, especially the CM Punk's uh, references. And it makes me think that, you know, when CM Punk comes back, he's really going to go after Drew McIntyre because CM Punk does not like the idea of, you know, being mimicked or being made fun of or, or whatever. But I enjoyed it. I gave it a B plus. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, there are unconfirmed reports only because – is nothing been released on, say, like, w- not that WWE ever announces signings and contract extensions, but you all right? Oh, yeah. Didn't you get your nap in? <laughs> no, not really. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, them putting all this into Drew McIntyre's lap is great. Um once again, the, the CM Punk references, one was serious talking about um, he had a ruptured eardrum at the Elimination Chamber, and it said the doctor looked at me and said, Drew, you're hurt. There's a chance you don't make WrestleMania. I said, who do you think I am, CM Punk? I, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, Punk, I know you're straight edge, so I drank enough for both of us to celebrate. I mean, dude, I just once again, those little things that he does um, to take shots at CM Punk, I love. 
it also helps keep, you know, absence makes the, the heart grow fonder. It, not that you're going to forget that CM Punk is, you know, re-signed with WWE. But a lot of times, wrestlers get injured and that's it. You don't hear about them. You don't hear anybody talking about them or saying anything about them. So I like that Drew McIntyre keeps jabbing at CM Punk. Um and then Seth came out, and, and once again, the two of them going back and forth is going to be almost as good as the two of them going back and forth against each other at WrestleMania. Um, there's no way I want to see Sami Zayn added as a triple threat to this. I, I, I think that would totally take away from the match. Um, I think this is going to be a hard-hitting, solid match. I know they fought at Crown Jewel, and that was an excellent match. I think this one could even top it because, once again, this is WrestleMania. You show up and show out for WrestleMania. Um, I loved everything about this promo. I'm going to give this promo an A-. minus. Okay. After that, we then went to the third women's match of the evening, as it was Liv Morgan taking on Nia Jax. Um, I get to lead us off with this. And Liv Morgan held her own against somebody that's twice, um, actually more than twice her size. Yes, Nia Jax is bigger than anybody else, but it's not every day that she's more than twice the size of her opponent in weight and in height almost. But Liv Morgan held her own for a while in this match. Um, I, I, I mean, we didn't really get to talk about Elimination Chamber. Um, and, and I thought when I first saw her match against Rhea Ripley, I thought it was really, really good. And then I heard some other people's comments about it and I decided to go back and watch that match. And... No, it wasn't as good as I thought it was on, on initial reaction because she just doesn't sell her opponent's um, right. moves. Well, yep. she did in this match. And I, I think it's a difference between Nia Jax wanting not to look like she's being overpowered by somebody like a Rhea Ripley or in a past Charlotte player or even to some extent Becky Lynch. But it's little old Lib Morgan. Realistically, they know she's not more powerful than me. So she sold moves a little bit better than this match than I've seen in the past. So I got to give Nia a little credit for that. Um, in the end, Nia um, wound up winning by disqualification because Nia was attacked by Becky Lynch outside the ring as revenge for Nia Jax attacking Becky Lynch. Um, and then Liv Morgan had this little pissed off look on her face sitting outside the ring and the announcer's table, obviously pissed off that Becky got involved in her match. Um, so I, I'm going to give this grade. Each women's match got a little bit better than the previous. Um, first one was a D plus. Second one was a C minus. This one I'm giving a straight up C to. So I hope everything is okay with you. 
started to laugh because it's like, you know, Nia's going to swat her around like a fly. But which goes to show you, I mean, I've said it before, you know, you get somebody in the ring with Nia that's fast and, and can move around, she's going to make Nia look foolish. And like you said, Nia does not sell. I mean, she sold a little bit, like you said, which kind of made, um, kind of made Liv Morgan look a little bit stronger in this match against a very a much bigger opponent, which I which I thought was was a really good thing. But yeah, I kind of figured, you know, um, something was going to happen with the disqualification. Where they said Becky came out, and then you know, I I'm, I think this is going to lead into something between. Um, not only Becky and Nia again, but maybe Becky and Liv. Maybe we'll see a, a Liv Morgan heel turn or something. I don't know. But uh, I think it might go down that road. I gave it a B minus. Okay. Um, after that, there was a little segment backstage real quick. Becky Lynch was being interviewed, and Liv Morgan kind of let her know her frustrations. Um kind of telling her to stay out of her business. After that, we then, which then also, in my opinion, teases, which kind of pissed me off a little bit more. So I'm going to pose this to you now, rather than in Nuggie's news, seeing as we're talking about Raw, could they be planting seeds, potentially... For a fatal four-way, Rhea, Becky, Nia, Lib Morgan. Oh, that's that's a possibility. I mean, they all had a history with each other. You know, Liv, like I said, Liv is on her revenge tour. Nia wants Becky. Becky wants Nia. Becky wants Rhea. Now I think Liv wants Becky. What better way to? get everybody all settled is to have them all in the ring together. So okay. it's a possibility we can see a fatal four-way. Okay. Do you want to see a fatal four-way or you just want it, or do you think we need just Becky versus Rhea? Because that's what I think. I, I, I think, think the, I think the, I, I don't, and I don't know if there's enough fans out there that, I mean, want this to be a fatal four-way or or not? I don't. I don't know. Um, I I think I would rather see Becky and Rhea because I think if it's a fatal four way, it's gonna like diminish the match itself. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that they could be looking at is with Rhea Becky. There's nobody to boo. You know, there's no heel. They're going to be, realistically, they're going to cheer for both. Um, and you, you, you don't have that, quote-unquote, evil presence. So that's where it gets me nervous that they're going to add Naya. And if they're going to add Naya, why not throw Liv in there? So exactly. after that, we then went to the main event of the evening as it was Cody Rhodes taking on Grayson Waller. Um, trivia? What'd you think? I, I'm not a big Grayson Waller fan. I've made that pretty clear on the show in, uh, in past shows, but I, I thought this was a pretty decent match. Um, I mean, Cody, he's got 
steamrolling because Grayson Waller can wrestle. So I just, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was good. If there was just nothing bad I had to say about the match, I gave it a B plus. Now, are you including the after, um, the after the match goings on in this, or did you did you even grade that? Did you grade that uh, yeah, separately? Absolutely. You did grade that did. separately. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I didn't, but um, so because I would go first on that, I'm just going to loop it all in together. Um, yeah. And I I am definitely much more fond of Grayson Waller than you are. Um, and once again, as I've told Mike, my main quote-unquote, I don't want to say infatuation, but my main reason for even paying attention to Grayson Waller, A, was because of his cockiness, and B, the music. I don't know what it is about his music, his entrance song. I just I just like it. Um, and then, you know, just his cockiness, the way he does his little kneel-down thing, and just I, I like that aspect of his, his character. And he's pretty good in the ring. He's not bad, and he's very good on the mic. So he's got all the, the the signs of being somebody that can be on the roster and make um, a difference on this roster for a quite long time, in my opinion. Um, and, and, you know, Cody Rhodes is going to help anybody look good in the ring just by wrestling Cody Rhodes. And that's what I got out of this. Cody Rhodes and, and Grayson Waller put on an excellent match. Um, at, at no point in time did I think Cody was going to lose. I thought maybe potentially we were going to see um, a Jimmy Uso show up um, or or Austin Theory get involved for disqualification. I, I found it interesting and funny that <clears throat> during the match – Michael Cole said, oh, breaking news, social media is going crazy about Paul Heyman being backstage. Well, if you're paying attention, when Grayson Waller and Austin Theory were getting interviewed, behind them, in the background, was Paul Heyman. So it's not like it was a surprise that he was there. Um, so the match itself, I'm going to give a, a B-plus to. And then Paul Heyman coming out um, with three quote-unquote NYPD um, suspended police officers that flew cross-country with Paul Heyman um, as his protection, as his bodyguards or whatever, came down to the ring. Cody grabbed the chair, eventually sat in the chair, Kind of, you know, when the three guards got, three officers got in the ring, said, if anybody takes one step closer, I'm going to go crazy on them. Um, and then Paul Heyman, so obviously that doesn't mean me. And he said, yes, it does. You know, Paul Heyman was, was kind of trying to convince Cody Rhodes to take back his challenge to The Rock. Um, and Cody refused to, said he's ready, 
He's he's ready to take on a judgment day at any time. Said he knew it was a setup. Um, and then I thought then I found it kind of eh, slightly humorous that he pulled out one phone and said, "Call Roman Reigns." And then he pulled out another phone and had the Brahma bull on the back of it and said, "Call the Rock." And then he was talking to both phones. The Rock um, is going to be at a sold-out Glen show, SmackDown in Glendale, Arizona. And uh, I guess he's going to respond to the challenge that Cody Rhodes laid out at the Elimination Chamber for a matchup. Um, very interested to see where they're going with that. I love this, and I actually gave this the highest grade that I gave anything in the evening. A straight up A. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw this and I saw the look in Cody's eyes. He was pissed. And he just, you know, like you said, anybody that comes in the ring makes one step towards him. He's dropping everybody in the ring. And when he had the chair, he thought he was being set up. And then towards the end, he said, the bloodline is not hunting me. I'm hunting the bloodline now. So this, that's what's going to make it a lot more interesting. I really, really enjoyed it. I liked, I liked a different side of Cody Rhodes here. I thought it was really good. I gave it an A as well. All right. So overall, what did you think? Well, considering I had four C grades on these matches, the B's and the B weighted, I ended up giving the, giving the whole show a B plus. Okay, you kind of just skipped all over the place on the audio there. Um, but um, I, I'm going to give it overall a B-. minus. Um, I mean, I think the – yeah, I mean, the women's matches destroyed the show for me. Um, none of them were anything to remember. Um and two of the three weren't good, and one was just average. But overall, because of the strong A's that I had, and, you know, the good matches and, and the good promos, I, I'll give the whole thing a B-. minus. Okay. And that was our Monday Night Raw recap. So we're going to be talking NXT right after Nuggies News. So, Greg, take it away. All right, Chibble, thank you. A um, little bit on the injury front. Um, the days, well, not here today, but Friday, there will be a tag team matchup um, that will involve, I believe, if I remember correctly, the Kabuki Warriors against Bailey and the medically cleared to wrestle Dakota Kai. Um, big fan of Dakota Kai's, um, awfully often injured, you know, she's had knee problems on and off for years. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, I follow her on social media. She's been, you know, she's been doing some serious training. She does kickboxing for training, um, to get herself back in for ring shape. So, um, welcome back to the active roster, Bailey. Um, the, the women's division needs more, um, talent in the ring. Um, 
which do I go first? Okay. Um, read a story yesterday um, that it was an issue with Alexa Bliss traveling via American Airlines while being pregnant. Um, they didn't feel safe allowing her to travel alone. Um, I myself know something similar to that as I was denied entry on their flight um, because I, I am a double amputee due to infections. I've lost both my legs, um, had two below the knee um, amputations, and I was denied getting on their flight because I was traveling alone. I, I don't know why they wouldn't let her travel alone. I'm, I'm assuming it's because um, maybe if she went into premature labor, um, they're not qualified to deliver the baby on the plane, and she didn't have somebody with her that can deliver her baby. Mike, you got to sit back up and back over, man. There you go. Um, so just a little you know, punch to the face again from American Airlines. Um, also, a, another, uh, there was an interview for the new, with the newly anointed champion, I forget which title is, um, NJPW, Matt Riddle. Um, not only has an MLD title, but he also has a New Japan wrestling title where he was interviewed about his time in WWE. And he has revealed that he failed um, multiple, several drug tests um, prior to his departure from the company. And this is a direct quote. I went to the strip club and did cocaine a couple of times and I failed drug tests for that. Um, my response to that is no shit you're going to fail drug tests and doing cocaine. Um, this was after already being suspected of drug use and being suspended one time. So you know you're going to be getting drug tested. How dumb can you be? Just right. seriously, how dumb can you be? Um, let's see. Where do I want to go to next? Um, I have pulled up a... Uh, article that I am now looking at for the first time. I just saw the title. The title is Predicting WrestleMania Matches for Randy Orton, LA Knight, and More Top Stars. So I'm going to go through this. We're going to know. You're going to know them as soon as I see them. As I scroll, I'll tell you. And then once again, in true Nuggies news fashion, do you think this is going to be the match? And if so, how excited would you be to see the match? Okay. So the first okay. one they list. Um... Is Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes versus The Rock and Roman Reigns 
Okay, so on a scale of 1 to 10, what's the likelihood? And if it did happen, how excited would you be? That's in true Nuggies news fashion. The likelihood I would put 6. Okay. Excited level would be about 9. Okay. Um, you know, the likelihood of it happening... Mm. The more I think about it, I'm gonna go seven and a half. I can, with with Seth Rollins being the workhorse that he is, and Cody Rhodes being the workhorse that he is, I honestly could see that being the night one main event, and then night two having a double main event. Of Seth and Drew, and then the and then Cody and Roman. Never thought of that. Um, excitement level. I mean, it, it's kind of twofold. I mean, yeah, I'd be excited because I'd get to see Seth Rollins twice WrestleMania weekend. I mean, I don't wear the Seth Rollins hat today for no reason at all. Um, but then that means I have to see Roman Reigns like twice in WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to say excitement level a seven. Okay. Um, next one. The matchup for the United States title. Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. Versus Randy Orton. Uh, possibility. Mike, you got to sit up, man. You got to sit up. Stop leaning back and diving away from the camera. The possibility, I would say, I would give it a... Only because they're talking to a threat, it's probably going to stick to the hand. The excitement level, I give it. I give it an eight. Okay. Um. Yeah. Likelihood. Once again, it's it's WrestleMania. They try to get as many people in a match in matches they can, and this would be an easy way to get the three of them in. I think. <sighs> likelihood, I'll go a little bit more than you. I'll go seven. Excitement level only because I would rather see Randy Orton in a singles match. I, I don't like the idea of him being in a triple threat. Although it does allow him to pace himself a little more because then there's always a time that Kevin Owens is fighting just Logan Paul. <sighs> Excitement level, I, I would give an even seven as well. Next one, LA Knight versus AJ Styles. Likelihood nine. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Well, what I, the I hope hell's that? It helps them enjoy it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I don't know why my phone is starting. About nine. 
Um, likelihood, I would go eight and a half, nine, about there. Um, excitement level, eh. You know what? I'll be more excited about it now that I think about it because it's not for a title. Um, because I'd be less excited if it was LA Knight, Logan Paul. Um, so I'll go eight. Okay. Um... And then the last one, unfortunately, as we've already talked about, Rhea versus Becky versus Naya versus Lib Morgan. Likelihood, four. Okay. Exactly about what? Eight and a half. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll agree with you close to the four. I'd say four and a half, but excitement level, I'll disagree with you, and I'll go three and a half. I, I, I don't need to see the four women together. Um, give me a one-on-one matchup between the most dominant champion in WWE right now in the women's division in Rhea Ripley versus the most popular and over female wrestler arguably in WWE Becky Lynch the man and I just want to see if there's anything else here real quick that I wanted to pull up um not everything else is pretty much stuff we've already talked about so that yeah, that will be it for Nuggies News. Um, trivia, what do you got in your indie report? Well, I have three of them. Hopefully, the echo won't uh, diminish the sound that each of us start up again. Yeah, it is starting to sound a little wicky in this part too. Bobby Buffet. 
And also there will be an open challenge issued by Wrecking Ball Ligotsky. So that's your Tesla Frank show for March 15th. Then Saturday, April 15th, Tetsu Pro Wrestling presents Real Folk Blues. On Saturday, April 13th, at 255 West Street in Bristol, Connecticut. The low match that they have so far on the card is, is for the Tetsu Strength Championship. As the champion, Troy Stevens, who we also saw in Paradise Alley, versus Azrael. Now, those guys have had a pass. They were also a uh, tag team champion for another organization. And then Saturday, April 27th, at Henry Abbott Tech High School in Danbury, Connecticut, the Northeast Wrestling presents Hat City Heather. With the matches, there's no matches in sign yet, but there will be appearances by former WWE wrestlers Mustafa Ali and Matt Riddle. So you definitely want to check that out. It's Northeast Wrestling, Saturday, December 27th, at Henry Abbott Park High School in January 28th. All right, now I'm going to add one more that you totally, totally missed. Um, that's VAPW, um, March 23rd at the training school, um, where we do know one match has been confirmed as the champion Hunter Tarka defending against Marcel Williams. Oh, yes. I yes. We were there live yeah. watching that show all night, and they kept promoting it, and then they have another match um, another show that they announced May 5th at the JCC that they don't know the time yet, um, but that's Sunday, May 5th as well. But I'm very, very disappointed in you, Mr. Trivia. And you've got to sit back in the middle and sit up. Mike, you just don't sit still and you don't sit up. You slouch, but you slouch back and you move over. You got to know you're doing that. And also, it was great to see Marcel Williams again. We hadn't seen him in a while, and it was good to see him. But well, we hadn't seen anybody in a while. It's great seeing everybody. Just wish you could, yeah, I wish true. we could have stayed a little longer. You know, had to kind of get outside for the ride, because if I'm not there, we're not there, then they don't wait. They just they give you five minutes, and they're gone. Um, yeah. It would have been nice to be able to stay and talk to a few more people. Um, but you know, it was definitely a good show. Good showing. Yes. Oops. All right. So NXT, um, I get to start off with this one. Um, and it started out with Kalani Jordan taking on Kiana James, who had Izzy Dame in her corner. Um, I, um, I I, I kind of like Keanu James. Kalani Jordan, I mean, she's good. She's athletic. Um, and and I, I like Keanu James. Um, she's getting a little better. 
um, her body style and the way she carries herself in the ring to me is very similar to Tiffany Stratton. Um, I just don't think she's as good as Tiffany Stratton. I think she kind of needs to change herself up a little bit because I, I, I think she kind of gets in that, okay, she's just um, a dark-haired brunette version of Tiffany Stratton. Um, so I think she kind of needs to get out of that and kind of change. She, she's okay in the ring. Um, she's getting better. She sells pretty good. She has a few offensive moves. Her finisher is stupid. Uh, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing with her. She needs to develop some more moves. Um, this Izzy Dame, eh, okay, she's a tall girl, but there's really nothing about her. Um, Kalani Jordan, I, I do see a little bit of upside. Um, I just think maybe she... Oh, both actually, both women actually kind of oversell a little too much for my liking. Um, match wasn't the type of match that if you're not an NXT fan, it wasn't a match I was going to reach out and grab you and pull you in to watch the rest of the show. Um, it was just an okay match that was below average. Um... I gave the whole thing a C minus. Okay. Uh, Mike, the fog man available is watching. Mike, thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't impressed with Kalani Jordan. I think she was, I think she's a terrible seller on some of those moves from last night. Kiana James. Well, I think she's, she's got some potential. Kalani Jordan, if she can, you know, get them put the work in and, you know, do what she's got to do. She might, she might make some noise in the women's division. But I just didn't see it from either of them in this match last night. I gave it a C. Okay. Uh, after that, we then saw a little segment where Abel was walking into the back. Um, and at first glance to me, I was like, oh, Abel looked like she might be kind of dressed professionally like looking like a general manager would um and then Gigi Dolan asked her she didn't know what was next for her and she asked to step into her office and they she kind of walked through this steel door and then you saw Jada Parker standing near two double doors it, it kind of looked like that was like the the top landing of a stairwell. I mean, come on. Come on, W. Get the girl... A, if you're going to play her off, she's general manager, there's got to be something in there that you can make it look like a real office. Right. You know? Um, yeah. And then she then made a match for later in the evening of Gigi Dolan against Jada Parker. We then came back to our next match where it was the, is it the OC? Is it the Good Brothers? I don't know. But it was Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson taking on Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. Um, trivia, what did you think of this match? 
Well, the ring announcement introduced him as the OC. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to see him. I thought it was a, a, a good showing on their part. I really haven't seen them uh, much in the ring lately. <clears throat> Excuse me. This team they faced, they seem to be getting better every week. Every time I see them on the show. Nope. Um, Sound isn't changing. You know, when, all the other, when all the other tag teams came out, made it interesting. But the Good Brothers, OC... I mean, we expect. I expected just what I got. I mean, or I got what I expected, or however that saying goes. I kind of figured that they would get the win, and it was just a a pretty decent match, in my part. I gave it a B minus. Okay. Um. It, and well, we hadn't seen them wrestle. Well, we hadn't seen Gallows wrestle for a long time because he's been injured. Um, that's kind of when we did see anybody was Carl Anders, um, Carl Anderson wrestling. And uh, you, you, you kind of want to know, you're thinking, okay, well, why why are these seasoned veterans now in NXT? Um, well, it's the same reason Baron Corbin came to NXT. There's nothing for him on the roster on the main roster to do. Um, I mean, we know the men's tag division on the main roster is so overwhelmingly talented with tag teams, but the one thing NXT needs in their tag division is experience. We've got a lot of newer kind of form teams. Um, the team we saw last night, we have a Chase University, um, Axiom and Nathan Frazier. We then have that other one, that other guys that remind you of Crime Time, OTM. So we have a lot of younger, newer tag teams. Maybe not age-wise, but together, they're new. So you need a seasoned veteran tag team to help shape the tag team division. And I think they can do a very good job of doing that. I did like this match. Um... Everybody coming out afterwards, you know, Chase U, Action, Nathan Frazier, and then LW. LWO made a little appearance. Then you had Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin up off the top in that little balcony. Just shows how many teams in NXT there are vying for the tag titles. Um, and they, you know, kind of, quote, unquote, broke up the family. Um with Tony D'Angelo kind of wanting to take care of things on his own. So you need another tag team to fill their void as well. I uh, didn't like the matchup overall as much as you. Um, I actually gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, after that, we then went to a women's matchup. Um, we had seen earlier in the evening, um, Roxanne Perez was shown in the locker room once again, talking about how she missed out on her opportunity to cash in on the open challenge after Shotzi got injured. She was then confronted by Jakara Jackson, which then led us to this next matchup, which is Roxanne Perez against Jakara Jackson with Lash Legend in her corner. Um... Jakara Jackson 
I know there was some tournament or something that she was supposed to be in and she had a wrist injury and has been out of action since, I want to say it was over the summer of last year. So this was really her first actual in-ring matchup. And at this point, Roxanne is almost considered one of the quote-unquote veterans in NXT, she isn't that old, but she's kind of been around the block a couple times. Jakar Jackson, and this match, not that it was dominated by Roxanne Perez, but Jakar Jackson's performance was very unforgettable, other than the fact that it's more and more evident that Jakar Jackson needs to work on her skill and work on her craft. Um, and a, her boob job makes it look like she has two water balloons for boobs. That's it. That's all I can remember about Jakar Jackson and her horrible hair color. Um, but Roxanne Perez is Roxanne Perez. She wound up pulling off the victory. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give this matchup a B-. minus. Okay, I definitely gave it the same grade as you did. I'm really liking Roxanne Perez more and more every week. Uh, this Jakara Jackson, I have no idea what she's about. I was not impressed with her. That last legend, no, she's she's a big woman. I mean, she's powerful. She reminds me of uh, size-wise, not wrestling-wise. We haven't seen her oh, wrestle geez, yet. This sounds size-wise. You uh, so, your sound's getting all messed up again. Oh, it's not echoing though, but it's just probably mm-hmm. coming in bad on that side. It sounds like you're talking um, through. Sounds sounds like you're in the studio with Herbie Hancock. Oh, and your voice is going synthesized and everything's scrambling on your end. Oh man! But like I said, I gave it the same grade you did. I thought Roxanne Perez had a great showing. I gave it a B minus. Okay. After that, we then went to the singles matchup of Dijak versus Luca Crucifino. Um, trivia, what did you think of this? When I saw that match, I'm saying, who the hell is this Luca guy? I, the, the last time I saw him was when he was confronting Dijak when, what's his name, was in the street jacket there. Uh, Joe Gacy. Yeah, and... <laughs> I, I was not impressed with this match. I, I still don't get impressed with Dijak. I mean, I think he still has some more work to do on on his wrestling. Luca, whatever, however you pronounce his last name, I really don't know much about him. I, that's the first time I've ever seen him compete on NXT. Well, so, it's because you don't watch NXT, apparently. And I, I gave it a C-. minus. Okay. Um, Luca Crucifino was in the breakout tournament. Um, he's is he actually really did go to school to become a lawyer. Um, I don't know if he has his actual law degree, but he did graduate from law school. Um, that just means he never either didn't take or didn't pass or whatever the bar exam. Um, but he has a law degree. And so he plays that off as his character in professional wrestling. Um, Once again, he was in the breakout tournament. 
he he's very green. He's going to have a lot of work. But he did show something for this being his second matchup in NXT on TV. Um, he did have a couple live events. He's been in five matches so far this year. But this was his second on TV. So, you know, Dijak is he's never going to be a wrestler. He's just a strong, brutal, um, powerful man that only looks dominant when he's against a man that's one two-thirds his size. He's never going to match up with somebody um, and look overpowering with somebody his own size, and that's the issue. Um, I didn't really like this matchup that much. Uh, and like I said, I'll give kudos to Luca Crucifino for what he was able to do. I gave this a straight up C. Okay. Um, didn't even mention a part of Joe Gacy coming out afterwards, kind of escaping from the straitjacket, because um, that was just stupid. We then had a in-ring um, appearance by Lyra Valkyria. Um, now, did you do the, and I think you know what I'm talking about, this whole thing, including the interruption of Ridge Holland together, or did you do those two parts separate? I did them separate. Okay. All right. Then I will as well. Um Lara Valkyrie came out, was talking about the happenings of last week. First thing she did, which I thought was very nice of her, was wish Shotzi a speedy recovery. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of times wrestlers get injured and that's it. They don't talk about them at all. So her even mentioning that she did get injured, because when they showed the recap of what happened last week, they started with Ava announcing an open challenge. They didn't say that, you know, they didn't show the part of Shotzi getting injured or even make mention of it. So right there, that was a nice little, in my opinion, nice kudos to Lyra Valkyria. Um, a, a much prettier um, young woman with her hair down than the braid that she has her hair up when she wrestles. Um and then she brought um, Tatum Paxley out, um, praised her for listening to her last week and not coming out to the ring to interfere or distract or anything, and made the announcement that because of that, she went to Ava and has secured a tag team matchup, championship match against the Kabuki Warriors next week on NXT Roadblock, which is one of those, um, it's not a premium live event, but it's one of those special shows that NXT does every so often. And then, I mean, they're interrupted by Rich Holland, and that's something totally separate. It was just okay. There was nothing great about it interesting that this is the pairing that they're going to put together to bring the NXT 
well, the women's tag team titles to NXT. We are, if you don't know, you do now. There's only one women's tag team title that gets defended on all three brands. I, I'm, you know, we'll get into something more about that afterwards. Um, that train of thought just came in and went out. Eh, I'm gonna as much as I like Lara Valkyria, I'm only gonna give this a C. Okay. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Lyra Valkyria, like you said, coming out, you know, wishing Shotzi a speedy recovery, which I thought was which I thought was real classy on her part. And um, then with Tatum Paxley being very excited that she's going to be Lyra Valkyria's tag team partner. In my opinion, I just think something's going something's to go wrong in that match with those two against the Kabuki Warriors. I just... There's just something inside that makes me think something's going to go wrong with that. Um, it was a good, it was a good promo. Like you said, then it got interrupted by Rich Holland, which we're going to talk about next. And um, overall, I I thought it was pretty good. I gave it a B minus. Okay. So then, as we alluded to, Rich Holland came out, kind of. Said I don't no disrespect, but I I have Sunny to say if you two can lead the ring. Triv, take it over from here. Yeah, I mean he came out and was I mean he was just excusing the women get going. He started on the mic and then we heard the the voice the the light all of a sudden we saw the lights go out and he just gets cracked in the head, gets cracked in the back by a chair. They took the mask off. And because they say whenever they go, holy shit, they always cut out the swear part. And I didn't know who it was that hit him in the back with the chair because just as the announcer at the table was mentioning his name, they were cutting out the swears part at the same time. No, so I didn't know no. He, he clearly said his name. Oh, well, I'm, I must have missed that part because I didn't hear who he said. And, well, we all know now it was Sean Spears. And, I mean, I think this is a few that they're going to take down the road. How it's going to work out, I don't know. I, Sean Spears, to my knowledge, Sean Spears was in AEW, and now he's up here. I thought... It was, know, it was kind of frightening to see the lights go out and then the guy get hit with a chair and he rips the mask off. But I thought it was pretty good. I gave it a, I gave it a C. Frightening? <laughs> Did you get scared, Mr. Trivia? Um, you know, it's like I said, we're, we're, you're never afraid of the dark. We're afraid of, afraid of being alone in the dark. No, we're afraid of what else might be in the dark with us. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, Rich Holland coming out, I mean, okay, you know, big deal. Uh, just figured he was going to talk about Gallus again and blah, blah, blah. And then, it, it, interesting, and I mean, this was another time that, that you know, that, that weird voice, not really a weird voice, but that voice, unrecognized voice, didn't know who it was, um, came over and kind of read that little Chinese, or Japanese, what is it? Asian philosopher. Um, and they, you know, it'd been going on for a few weeks. So, you know, there was, you know, many, many rumors as to who it could be. 
um, might that might be behind that. And then for it to be Sean Spears, dude, I loved it because I'm one, and I know you're one of those that goes on wrestling rumors sites and listens to social media posts and videos, um, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram or read things on X slash Twitter. Um, and, you know, they talk about what Kazo Chata or whatever his name is, Shonei Otani, um, whatever his name is from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, another one was some Tonga Tonga, whatever, um, Haku's son. Um, is rumored to now be signed with WWE. Hear all these different things. Dude, I know there was a thought a while ago that Sean Spears had re-signed with WWE, but they kept this so quiet that when it was him, it was awesome because, not that it's awesome that it was Sean Spears, um, but it was awesome that I didn't know about it. Um, and it was also interesting that Vic Joseph, that, that guy at the table, Vic Joseph is his name, put respect on that man's name, trivia, um, shucky ducky quack quack moment that you didn't know his name, um, that, that was an O2 Booker T who was back after his surgery, we didn't even mention that till now, and, uh, yeah, and on the other side, that makes it even a more positive thing is, you know, when CM Punk came back, then everybody's like, oh, does that mean that AJ Lee might come back? Well, with Sean Spears back, now it won't happen anytime soon because she's three or four months pregnant with their second child. So you're probably talking... 12 to 15 months. So maybe summer WrestleMania to SummerSlam of next year. Could we see the return of Peyton Royce, a.k.a. real name Cassie Lee, who is Sean Spears' wife, and Billy Kay, who also just had a baby not too long ago, and bring back the Iconics. Do it for me. Bring them back. Um, granted, we're still talking 12 to 15 to 18 months away. But what the hell? Let's start talking about it every day until it happens. Um, but I like this. I really like this morning. And we were talking about Sean Spears. And he mentioned another lady's name. And I said, wait a minute. I said, I thought Sean Spears was married to the girl from the Iconics. And Billy Black says to me, he goes, no, she, he's married to somebody else. No, he's married to... He he's, I remember it. He's married to Cassie Lee, which is Peyton Rice. He's probably thinking Matt Cardona, who's married to Chelsea Green. Oh, okay. All righty. Because I knew he was married to one of the girls from the Iconics. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. So after that, we then went to a a a singles matchup of Von Wagner 
with Robert Stone in his corner against Lexus King. Um, I get to go first with this. Uh, I, 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 there's absolutely nothing positive I can say about this match. I, I can't say how, how over and over how much I hate Lexus King, and I think he's horrible. I don't think his character's good. I don't think he's good in the ring. Um, I hate his stupid beard. I hate his dumb hair. I don't like the chub, the bad bod that he has already at such a young age. There's nothing about this man. The throne that he sits on as he gets towed out is stupid. And I don't like Von Wagner. D minus. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's all I can say about this match. It was bad. Didn't like the characters. Don't like Robert Stone. His suit is dumb. It was just bad. D minus. Yep, I definitely agree. I thought this match was horrible. I could have done without it. I would have rather seen a Obafemi promo in its place than seen that match. I gave it a D. Well, speaking of Obafemi, there was a brief moment backstage where Obafemi wanted to know from Ava who his next challenger was going to be. Um, and it was so inconsequential that I can't remember who was. Oh, well, I mean, Brooks Jensen got in his face outside. Um, after Ava said she was considering options, and uh, Brooke Jensen challenged Ova Femi, and I, I mean Ova Femi's a big man, but Brooks Jensen looked like he was taller than him. I didn't yeah. realize he was that big. I don't know, maybe that maybe he was standing on a curb and Ova Femi wasn't. I don't know. Um. But speaking of a waste of time, we then went to a women's singles matchup of Gigi Dolan versus Jada Parker. Chibi, you're up first for this one. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, that's uh, about what I thought of it. I didn't think any of these... I, I still don't think Gigi Dolan is as good as most people think she is. Jada Parker... Uh, I, I wasn't very impressed with this match. I wasn't impressed with either one of them. I kind of liked Gigi Dolan when she was with um, JC Jane and Mandy Rose because there was more people there. They put more emphasis on the other ones than they did her. But I didn't like this match at all. I gave it a D. Okay. I, I, the weird thing about her tag team with JC Jane is... Gigi Dolan was actually at that point, excuse me, considered the stronger wrestler than J.C. Jane, which is weird to think. Um, I mean, the best thing I can say about this was that Gigi Dolan was in pants, so we didn't get to see her cellulite butt cheeks hanging out. It, it wasn't good. It, once again, it, it was not good. I understand NXT is a developmental brand. I don't expect them to be main roster ready. Um, 
ready for the limelight or anything. I understand they still need to work on things. But, dude, don't put it on TV if they're not good. Right. I mean, you have other people on the roster that you could easily use. I mean, put Fallon Henley in a squash match against Ariana Grace, um, who got involved in this in this matchup or something. Give me something good. I'd rather have a squash match like that than right. seeing this. This was a waste of time. And, uh, you know, put, put Thea Hill back in the ring and stop with this stupid, dumb, bullshit backstage dating thing with Riley Osborne and J.C. Jane and that other chick with her jism or whatever her name is. I, I don't need that. Put the hell in a match in the ring. This was right. not good. I'll agree. I'll give this a D plus. Well, I think the two women that are going to give a shot in the arm to the women's division in NXT are not back yet. And that's Nikita Lyons and uh, Cora Jade. Well, if we're going to wait for... One's supposed to come back. Nikita then. Lyons has already been back. I told you this before. She was in. She was in matches. She's not injured. She's just not wrestling. And Cora Jade's going to be out for a while. So if you're going to wait for Cora Jade to come back to make this women's division interesting, uh, we've got issues for the quote unquote strongest women's division in yeah, wrestling. Wait a long time. We then went to the main event of the evening as it was for the Heritage Cup, as it was Noam Dar um, with Oram Mensa in his corner taking on the No Quarter Catch crew, which was going with No Quarter Rules, where any of the four could challenge, and it wound up being... um, Charlie of the Chocolate Factory, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Charlie Dempsey taking on Noam Dar. Triv, what'd you think? This Heritage Cup, I don't know. Me, I, in my opinion, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that'll disagree with me. There might be a few that agree with me. I just don't like the way it's run. I mean, six three-minute matches, it just no. seems... Six three-minute rounds, not matches. Excuse me. me. Six three-minute rounds. And I just think it just goes too long. But the fans seem to enjoy it. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, there's there's been some of them that I've seen that have, uh, have gone quite a long time. And kudos to Charlie Dempsey for being the new, uh, Heritage Cup champion. I didn't think anybody was going to be Noam Dar. You know, like you said, when we talked earlier, he's a champion like 700 days or something like that. And uh, matches like that, I'd like to see once in a while, which they have. Did I enjoy it? Well, yes and no. I was glad Noam Dar lost because I really don't like him or his character. And the other guys on... Catch quarter, whatever the hell you call their name. Like you said, it could have been either one of the four, and Charlie Dempsey got it, and he won the championship. So congratulations to him. I gave the match a C. 
Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Where, where do I start with this? Um, the match itself was 11 minutes and 12 seconds. If you can't sit there and watch a match that's 11 minutes and 12 seconds, you're going to complain that it's too long. I don't know what you're watching. Um, at most, at longest, if they went all through all six rounds and there was no winner, then yeah, it would be an 18 minute match. But this per se was one of the longer Heritage Cup matches that I've seen. Um, so to say that it's too long of a match is absurd. Um, the rules of it, once again, are, yes, it can go six rounds. The match is over when somebody wins, gets two falls. Or it's over if somebody gets knocked out. When, when you win a round in 90 seconds... It doesn't continue on. That round is over. So it's not as long as you think it is. Um, I, I don't I don't hate Noam Dar. He is a talent. He can wrestle. This man has moves that I've never seen um, other people do. This Charlie Dempsey's kind of the same thing. He pulled off a pin last night that you very rarely see, and he did it with ease. And he did it twice, not just once. It was an exciting match. It went back and forth. Once again, anytime you see a title change on live TV, it's good. It's exciting. It, it gets you interested because, you know, if you're never going to see a title change, then it's like, oh, okay, I know who's going to win this. It was a title that Noam Dar held for 734 days. This was a big win for Charlie Dempsey and a big loss for Noam Dar. I definitely thought this was the best match of the night after every other piece of crap match they gave us for this entire show. This was a good match to end the show. Not end the show, but the last match of the show. Um, I actually gave this a B plus. Okay. After that, we then went to the closing segment of the show, as it was. Um, and we didn't even we didn't even talk about it. We went right by it. Ila Dragunov opening up the show with Mello coming out and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to get in that ring until you're in the ring with Ava and a contract." Um, yep. and that's where we got to with this. Um, I get to lead us off as Carmelo Hayes came out. There was already the table set up. Ilya Dragunov was out there. Abe was there. Um, Mello's security team was there. There was four on one side, three on the other. So he had seven guys with him. And he sat down and... They were ready for this contract signing, and then all of a sudden, we get interrupted by Tony D'Angelo, the Don of NXT. Um, he then sat down at the table, 
Melo was kind of, kind of said, hey, you know, if you say one more word, I'm going to have my boys take care of you. He then said, okay, you got it like that. Snapped his fingers, and Melo's security team jumped down off the apron and left the ring, showing that the Don is the one that's still in control. Kind of talked Ilya Dragunov and said that he had spoken with Ava and said that as long as okay with Ela, that he was going to take on Carmelo Hayes at Roadblock, and then the winner of that match would take on Ilya Dragunov um, at Stand and Deliver WrestleMania weekend Saturday. I I like it. I, I'm very intrigued now because I was kind of getting bored of that little trifecta, as Tony D'Angelo pointed out, since last summer of Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, and Ilya Dragunov. I'm actually looking forward to this matchup and when, in my opinion, Trick Williams shows up next week at Roadblock to cause Carmelo Hayes the loss, we get to see a new feud of Ilya Dragunov and Tony D'Angelo. Once again, the true Don of NXT. I loved everything about this. This was the best Segment match, whatever of the night of NXT ended on a high note. I gave it an A minus. Totally, totally, one hundred percent agree. And the reason is, is because it throws a new face in the mix now. With Tony, D- with um, yeah, Tony D'Angelo. I call him Joey Bagadonis because we're Paisans, we're all Italians. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, like you said, even Trick Williams coming back and costing. Mello, the the shot. I mean, Tony D'Angelo against Ilya Dragunov, I think, would be a really intriguing match. Interesting. I would love to see that. I'm just glad that they didn't say, well, let's make it a triple threat match. No. Putting Tony D'Angelo, putting uh, the Don in this picture is good because, like I said, it throws a new face in the mix. I enjoyed it. Like you said, I agree it was the best part of the entire night, and I definitely go along with the same grade. Yeah. Okay, so overall? Overall, I had to give it a C plus. Yeah, I'd go straight up C. Um, if it weren't for the fact that it ended the way it did, I probably would have given this overall a very low C minus. But the last, the, the match, and then this last promo really, really made the entire show for me. Yep, exactly. If they didn't have if they didn't have the ending like that, then the whole thing would have went to shit. The whole show. So all right, that was our NXT recap. Um tomorrow night or Friday night rather on SmackDown, a sold out crowd to see the rock. I guess he's gonna be there for the next two SmackDowns. I think he's gonna accept Cody's challenge. But but for when? I'm sorry, but we're not going to get Cody Rhodes versus The Rock on a Friday Night SmackDown. No. No, you got to save that for a premium live event, definitely. Right. I, I don't mean, I know he's going to, I feel he's going to accept, but like you said, when or Wait, where. Wait, that, that's the thing. Um, yeah. And, and 
Part of me is still thinking that this is, I don't know, I, I'm battling myself in the head. You know, like, you, you know, like when they show the cartoons, you had the, the, the angel here and the devil here. Well, I kind of got that little going on in my head. I got two guys going back and forth. Because one part of me is saying, okay, Cody said he wants to take everything from Roman Reigns. So in order for him to take everything, Roman Reigns needs to lose his title and his head of the table. Has to lose both. That takes everything from him. Right. So part of me is thinking all this, the rock aligning with Roman Reigns as a ruse, and Roman Reigns will what well, Rock will screw over Roman Reigns in the end, allowing Cody Rhodes to win, allowing the rock to take his true um, seat at the head of the table. But then there's still that other part of me that that has those two words stuck on this side of my head. And those two words are Hulk Hogan. I still have this thing in the back of my head that they're going to keep the title on Roman Reigns long enough to erase Hulk Hogan. To pass Hulk Hogan. He's never going to get the all-time, you know, days held. If he does, fuck you. I'm TNA um, for life. Um, he's never going to hold the title that long. But to pass Hulk Hogan and become the second longest reigning champion, I, I still have that thing in the back of my head that that's what they're going to do. They like these milestones. That's why Gunther held his title for as long as he did. I, I just, you know, um, so I argue back and forth. I, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that would take Roman up to what, SummerSlam? Into September. Into September. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it would make Roman Reigns, like you said, the second longest title reign surpassing Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It would be a huge, the, huge milestone. The Bash in Berlin would be that title, that premium live event, after he passed Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. So I've seen people pointing out that maybe – the Bash of Berlin, what, what what country in that part of the world is close to Germany? Samoa? You don't know your at you don't know you don't know your geography? I don't know what's out by what's out that way. You don't know what's out near Germany? No. Well, you have not. I mean, right near. I mean, you have Poland. Um, you have Great Britain, English United Kingdom, but right over here, you have Austria. What better person to dethrone the 
undisputed universal heavyweight champion at Bash at Berlin than the Ring General Dunta. Yep, and so, I, will, I will agree with that point if Gunther's not still IC champion. Well, okay, but I'm just saying, I, I see people pointing stuff like that out. And yeah. you know me, I, I just run with creative things in my mind. Okay, well then, all right. So then maybe this whole thing is The Rock screws over Cody, not allowing him to finish his story. And we get a, a summer feud of The Rock and Cody culminating at SummerSlam. Um, and that's how we get to Roman Reigns versus Gunther. Um, or do we have a unification bout again between a champion at that point, Drew McIntyre, against Roman Reigns? I, and there's so many different variables that I just... I, I kind of talk, I try and talk myself out of Cody Rhodes finishing his story, but part of me thinks that he has to do it now, or maybe he never does. You're right. And I think, in my opinion, I think, well, I'd like to know what you think about it. In my opinion, I think I would rather see Gunther versus Roman than Drew versus Roman. Yeah. That would be a much better match. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to come down the pike as we get closer and climbing. Sure, we're on the road to WrestleMania. We got like 30-something days or 38 days. 38. Yep. It was 40. It was 40 on Monday, so obviously today means 38. So, it's going to be... Full speed ahead for WrestleMania. Full speed ahead for Bash at the Beach. They got a lot of possibilities. Not Bash at the Beach. Um, Bash in Berlin. So I'm really looking forward to the next couple months because I've talked to people on TikTok and they said this is a great time to be a wrestling fan. With the way with the way wrestling has been over the last couple of months. So Kevin's watching. Vin, you're just tuning in. You know, too bad you're a little late. I think it's just about <laughs> coming to an end. But we appreciate you coming in. And um, But anything else going on for SmackDown besides Rock? That's all I've been hearing. Well, the, like you said, there's that uh, Bailey and Dakota Kai versus, I believe it's the Kabuki Warriors. Um, I don't think it's for a title because, I mean, the Kabuki Warriors are fighting NXT for their title. Um or maybe against somebody else. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look. Um, give me one moment and I can check. Talk so much yourself for a moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we are on the road to WrestleMania. What I'm surprised at right now, and they don't usually do this, so this is why I'm surprised about it, is we're 38 days away from WrestleMania, and we still haven't heard any Hall of Fame nominations yet. Not one. Not one. I can't believe this. They usually do that right around Royal Rumble. Yeah. And this is what's surprising me because this is what makes me think that they don't know who they want to put in. 
And I think a lot of people tell me it's too early, but I think the obvious choice is Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yep. Most people I talk to on TikTok and a few other places, they tell me it's too early. I don't think so. Well, let's get let's get the man in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it all depends. Once again, they always have a headliner. Um, so, I don't know. It, it all depends on who they're putting in. Right, exactly. If, if Batista's going to be the quote-unquote headliner, then do you put Bray Wyatt in the same time as Batista? I, I don't know. Um, you can always give him the Warrior Award. And he can go in at any time with that. So, um, but this is what they have listed for SmackDown tomorrow on Friday. The Rock appears. Carlito versus Santos Escobar in a street fight, and um, the tag team champions, the Kabuki Warriors, take on Bailey and Dakota Kai. So. Those are three things that are listed on whatever website this is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, it's going to be... ProWrestling.net. Okay. I think it's going to be a great show on Friday night. Fans are going to love seeing The Rock coming out. Like I said, he's going to make two consecutive SmackDown appearances. So, we will just see what, what they're going to do for Friday Night SmackDown. So, anything else, Greg? No, nothing else that I can come across. Alrighty. Well, I think that was a hell of an idea to take an intermission. We might start doing that. Things worked out pretty good as far as the sound went, so... Gave us a chance to reset. Now, if we can just so, get you to sit still and stay in the middle of the of the camera for the whole show, because even yeah. now your nose down, your nose up, and that's it. I'm tired. I get tired of telling you to move because it doesn't make any difference. You just keep slumping down and away from the camera. Well, I'm in my chair right now, and my back is right against the chair, so I know I'm straight up in the chair. Then, so, then you must be rolling around in a chair or moving over or something. Well, um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. So on behalf of the Nugs to Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Row Report saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you on Sunday.